lost a great racer this week. A racer who had an inspiring story that tells us of a journey of a privateer who made it to the top. His name was Nicky Lauda, and he was a Formula One racer. I know it's not bikes, but I'm a huge fan of racing. And his story is an incredible one. A story that any privateer can learn from. A story of determination, intelligence, and perseverance. It led to success in a way that championships don't offer. Nicky Lauda was born in 1949 in Austria, growing up as part of the Lauda industrial family, an ultra-wealthy family of businessmen that was credited with the reconstruction of Austria after World War II. Nicky Lauda got hooked on racing after a start in a Mini Cooper on a hill climb. After that, he began his long-fought campaign to become a professional racing driver. Lauda was slated by his family to join the ranks of their company, but instead bailed on college in pursuit of racing. He took out loans to pay for his early racing in the lower Formula Leagues, and then out of pure dedication, borrowed from his life insurance policy to get another loan to join the Formula 2 team, the farm ranks of Grand Prix racing. In a true dedication to racing, he went to the bank to take out an even larger loan to get him into the ranks of Formula 1, a loan large enough that the bank said it needed to be brought to its board of directors, led by Hans Lauda, Nicky's grandfather. Nicky confronted his grandfather and told him to stop interfering in his business, but was told no Lauda would ever be a racing driver. Nicky never spoke to his grandfather again. In an intricate plan, Lauda moved to get the funding from another bank. He traded interest on the loan for sponsorship spots on his car and helmet. And to protect the loan, signed over his life insurance should he die in a race. Starting Formula One in 1972, in a low-funded team, Lauda failed. Taking more debt onto himself, he moved to another team. BRM, in 1973, where he also didn't put up any good results. Nicky was introduced to another driver, Clay Regazzoni, who had just left Ferrari. On the Lesser March and BRM teams, Lauda made a name for himself by having an uncanny ability to engineer the car in the exact way he wanted it. Working late nights with his mechanics, cutting down weight, creating new parts, and pr improving the car to become something it could have never been without a driver who was able to apply instead of ask. Regazzoni saw this and benefited from it on BRM. So in 1974, when Ferrari asked Clay to come back, he suggested bringing Nicky with him. His timing was perfect as he entered Ferrari during the change of an era, new team leadership, and a new car. The first year with Ferrari, Lauda would gain his first victory in Formula 1 and fourth in the Drivers' Championship. In 1975, with some new upgrades that suited Lauda's almost robotic driving, Ferrari dominated the field. Winning the Constructors' Championship as well as Nicky taking his first World Drivers' Championship. In 76, it looked like a repeat of the previous season until the German Grand Prix at Norschleife. Nicky Lauda crashed due to suspension failure 
He was trapped in the car as it burst into flames. Half of his face was melted, and the hot air he was breathing burned the inside of his lungs. Lauda probably wouldn't have survived if it weren't for Arturo Mazzario, with the help of two other drivers who stopped and pulled him out of the car. In a pure act of strength, Lauda came back racing after five weeks, only missing two races. His return was at Ferrari's home track in Monza, taking a fourth place. Journalists mentioned seeing him in the pits with blood-soaked bandages on his head after the race. The burns hadn't even healed, and he was still back in the car. The championship came to a head in Japan at the Suzuka circuit. Heavy rain pouring over the track as the race started. Nicky Lauda retired out of conditions and fear of crashing. No judgment. James Hunt placed high enough that day to take the driver's championship by one point. Winning his second world championship in 77, Lauda left Ferrari because he didn't like the direction the management was going. He joined Brabham, which had a radical design that had a suction fan at the bottom of the car. It didn't finish most of the races it entered, and after the 79 season, Nicky retired from Formula One. He returned to Formula One in 82 with a large contract from McLaren, and back in his old ways, helped them transition to a new small turbocharged Porsche motor. Before the planned season with the Porsche motor, he forced his engineer to put the motor in his car to focus more on testing than winning races in the current season. The next year, Lauda won his third driver's championship, just a half point over his teammate, Alan Prost. In 1985, Lauda retired from racing Formula One for the second and final time. Lauda re-entered Formula One years later in management roles, a consultant for Ferrari, a team principal at Jaguar, and most recently, the non-executive chairman at Mercedes-AMG. The Mercedes team dominating the recent years of Formula One and Lewis Hamilton, the current world champion, claimed that Lauda was the key negotiator for him leaving his longtime home at McLaren and making the move to Mercedes. Hamilton even dedicated his win at Monaco to Lauda, and Mercedes says they will always have a red star on the car in tribute. There's a lot to learn from Nicky Lauda's story, a lot more I didn't mention, including the amazing rivalries and racing that a personality like Lauda's creates. One of the most important things to learn from Nicky Lauda is that he found a passion for racing and dedicated himself to it. There wasn't a question in his mind that he was going to be a professional racing driver. While most people would think that creating massive amounts of debt to make their way to the big leagues is a horrendous idea, they are probably right as well. Nicky Lauda knew what he wanted, and the consequences were well within what he was willing to sacrifice. Knowing that, Nicky Lauda was a very calculated person. Taking every little bit into consideration, he had it all planned out. His personality was also a powerful tool, relying on sound planning and consistency to win championships. An important step to becoming a champion is knowing how you plan on becoming a champion. Nicky Lauda did everything in his power to do that, including not being the fastest racer on a single day, knowing that the risk to reward wasn't going to be worth it. This causes some incredibly tight championships of the era, but it also why he survived the viciously deadly era, while many of his friends didn't. His feel for the car is also a tip that you should take. Trying different things with the car setup 
and understanding how they change it. So he was able to adapt parts and settings to be optimal for how he wanted the car to feel. This is something that in cycling is often neglected. Our bikes have many adjustments that can be made to make the bike ride how we want. We often choose a single setup for everything and neglect its adaptability. Take your time to figure out how the handlebar lengths feel, crank lengths, suspension sitting, height adjustments will make your bike feel that much better in a race when it counts. Take the amazing life of Nicky Lauda as a story and inspiration on how to make it as a privateer. He made it from a self-funded racer.